Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is someone who I've known for a long, long time and has done a lot of great things for the construction industry. Vivian Martin. Vivian is the Civil Rights Compliance Manager for Millstone Weber LLC. And Vivian and I go back a long way with a lot of work that we've done to try to make the industry more inclusive and a better place for everybody to work. So Vivian, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Vivian, tell me how did you get into construction? How did you get involved in the whole construction arena? I started out actually in real estate with a company called McCormick Barron yeah. Associates. They and did Union Station, some work around Union they Station, did things Union like Station, that. Yes, and they were involved with the unions. That's how I got involved. I was a manager for a number of the properties that they had under contract, and I learned a lot from Terry McCormick and Richard Barron about construction and real estate because they were developing properties, they were managing properties, and they started out in the affordable arena, in actually in public housing. Really? And so I learned from the ground up what inclusion, diversity, equity, real estate, construction, the whole nine yards, I learned it from them. They were my mentors. Very interesting. Yes. So how long were you with McCormick Barron? I was with McCormick Barron for about four years, and then the housing authority, they were happy with what we were doing, and they stole me. St. Louis Housing Authority? St. Louis Housing Authority. I went to work with the St. Louis Housing Authority as an assistant to the executive director, and from there I was promoted to director of contracts and legal administration. We worked with the tenant management groups. We worked with construction and real estate we also led the legal and uh, risk management departments. So you really worked with a lot of different contractors during that time. I guess anyone who was working with the housing authority you had contact with. Every contractor that worked with the housing authority had a reason to come through our office. I got to know a lot of the players in the construction industry at the housing authority. Now what were some of the challenges you were dealing with at that time in that role? In that role, it was basically getting minority and female contractors involved in the contracts that were being let by us being a governmental funded agency we had a, a responsibility to make certain that the diversity in contract letting was broad and represented the city of st louis so you were really working on the mbe wbe dbe side of things at that point and i was and that was before we really knew that it was <laughs> All of those BEs. Before <laughs> <laughs> the alphabet soup yes. started, huh? Yes. Well, how did you make the transition then to Millstone Weber? What led you from the housing authority to, there, there had to be some other interim steps there. 
I left the housing authority to start my own company because we were the contracts division at the housing authority. We were sort of a repository for all of the regulations and the governmental guidelines. And I had people calling me all the time asking me, Vivian, should we do this? Can we do that? What's the law or the rule for this? And I thought to myself, I could sell that. And so I became a housing consultant. I worked with uh, architects and engineers that were primarily designing for housing authorities, and that ran for about 11 years. Wow, long time. Yes. And then what made you decide to shut your business down and go back to work for someone else? The travel, coming home every other week and changing a suitcase and going back out, that Mm -hmm. was beginning to wear thin. And I just happened to meet an old friend of mine, one of the old contractors that I had met through the housing authority business. And I jokingly said to him, I'm tired of being on the road. Do you have any house cleaning that you can offer me? And he says, as a matter of fact, I do. And that was my entry into the construction prep center. That's where we first met was at the CPC, the construction prep center. Talk about your time there at the CPC and and how that project all came about, because I really think we made a difference in a lot of people's lives at that center. That was one of the most incredible programs ever, and it was without a doubt the best that I've ever had. For those that don't know the history, there was uh, some concerns about workforce on Highway 70. There was a lot of work going on in a neighborhood that was primarily minority, And you didn't see much representation there. And so leadership in the city thought that this was something that needed to be corrected. And so they staged a shutdown of the highway, actual bodies on the highway, and shut it down during peak business hours to make a point that if we can't work, then you can't work. And it was effective because powers that be came together, sat down at a table, worked out an agreement where minorities and females would be brought into the industry. One of the issues that they had was contractors would always say, we would hire minorities, we would hire females, but we can't find any qualified folks. The vision was to tell the group, we will find them. We know where they are. We know they want to work. We will find them, vet them, train them, and then you all you have to do is choose the ones that you want to hire. And so that's how the school came about. It was funded through several private grants, and um, I think with the basic funding, I think they only intended for it to last maybe five years because that was the limit of the budgeting, but we were there for 14 years. And uh, we eventually moved out of the arena because there were other programs that were coming up that were equal to and perhaps better funded than ours, and um, our time had run. And this was in North St. Louis, uh, southern end of Normandy, northern end of University City, right in that area at the old Wagner Electric plant. It, yes, it was in Wellston, and by the, that time, the Wagner plant had been renamed the Met Center, and that Met Center is an educational hub for anyone that's looking to get free or low-cost training so that you can enter another job or, or education arena. That was a very successful program at the Met Center. There were probably 12 other schools there that ranged from nursing to manufacturing 
and the construction prep center was probably the I would like to think it was the jewel in the crown of the Met Center. Well, and that's where we first met, and that's also probably where you first met Tom Kuhn from Millstone Weber because Tom was on the board, as was I, while we were running the CPC. Exactly. Uh, That was another fortune of mine was to meet you and to meet Tom Kuhn and, and the union leadership and the community leadership that was working so hard to advance diversity and equity for everyone. And yes, Tom Kuhn was vice chair of our board, and that's where I first met him. And years later, we've come full circle. As your full circle, the last time I saw you prior to recording this today was seeing you up on the stage at the AGC of America convention when Millstone Weber received the 2022 Diversity and Inclusion Excellence Award for Midsize Companies, a national award from all the AGC companies across the United States. What the heck did you do to earn that award, Vivian? No one was more surprised than I was (laughs) that we actually won the national award simply because we're doing what we said we were going to do. And I'm a person that didn't reward my daughter for getting great grades because that's what she's supposed to do. And so the last thing I expected was that we would be honored in this way for doing what we said we were going to do, and that was to make a difference. It was one of the proudest moments of my life, i tell you that. And what did you do to make that difference? What are you doing now to make that difference? Well, our program, let me go back, Millstone Bangard had a history of being uh, a pioneer in diversity and equity and inclusion long before any of us knew what that was. I, I met Mr. Millstone mm-hmm. several times, and you're exactly right. That was extremely important to him and extremely important to Bob Millstone. Exactly, and Tom Kuhn has carried that family sentiment through his leadership at Millstone Weber. When I came to Millstone Weber, I was brought in, and what Tom Kuhn said to me was, we want to make sure that this I-270 job, if we get it, is going to be one that we can be proud of, that we've made a difference in everybody's lives, the people that work with us, the people that live in the area that we're working for, and the people that are going to have the benefit of the improvements of the highway and the area around us. And his commitment to that carries through from I.E. Millstone, his grand father through the family until today. When we started the contract with MoDOT, our initiatives were a mandate and it became a mindset. It was went from a had to to a we want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's exactly right. And what I was charged with initially was to create that part of the proposal that would be winning. The mandate that that MoDOT put in front of us was to advance innovative inclusion across the board. And so we came up with several different areas that we thought would work. The first one was with working with DBEs, the workforce, the -the on-the-job training. And that was pretty easy because there are guidelines that are set down. You simply have to follow them, make sure that you've met those goals. The problem is that the goals don't really answer the question that we have about how 
to include people. Goals are numbers. Goals people are, are people. Exactly. Thank you for that. That's I couldn't have said it better. And so we wanted to work beyond the goals. We wanted to work to results, to quality of life issues that were going to come out of the work that we were doing. We created four levels of innovation, I think. Uh, the first one, as I said, was the DBE workforce and OJT work, which was pretty well set out for us. The second was the MW, Millstone Weber Community. And there the idea was that there are many people and businesses and interests in this area that could be part of the framework of success here in St. Louis, but they just don't have the resources or they don't have the manpower or they don't have the access to what's available to them. And so we decided that we would create an umbrella of services called the Community, where people from the community could come in and be educated about workforce, about business development, about housing, about quality of life, all the services that you need in order to make your life worth living. And you run those programs. I do. The second was the STEM program, and I'm really proud of that one. The STEM program was designed to introduce high school students to the notion of construction, to get them interested in becoming an engineer or a designer or a construction professional. And it's not meant to recruit anyone, it's just to give them an idea of what's out there, what's available to them. We're working with all of the North County high schools that are affected by the work that we're doing on that North County corridor. And uh, we're working with seven schools and we have been extremely successful in bringing young people in from Hazelwood, from Ferguson Florissant, from North County Christian, North County Tech, Normandy, Jennings, Riverview Gardens. And then just this past year, we additioned Maplewood Richmond Heights. So now we have eight schools that we're working with to bring young people in and introduce them. We average about 35 students per class and we graduate about half of those, 17, 18 at a time. I'm really proud of it because we've instituted an internship program which is very unusual for high school. Mm -hmm. High schoolers don't get paid for internships if they get one at all. And what do they do while they're in this internship program for you? Well, one of my interns was only 15 when he went to CBB Engineering. And he interned with them doing field tech work and office work during the summer. Uh, his name is Trenton Clark. Trenton is a superstar in our STEM program because he came back as a senior and we've used him as an ambassador to draw in other students that may not be sure about the program. We were able to assist him in scholarship pursuits and that sort of thing. And Trenton was accepted at nine different schools. He received four full scholarships. He took the one, the John B. Irving Scholarship at Washington University, a full ride. And he also is a Bill Gates scholar, which covers everything that the scholarship doesn't. That makes you extremely proud. Extremely proud. Extremely. Another of our interns this year was a mentor 
protege last year. Her name is Kennedy Jones. Kennedy was 14 years old and she was in the ninth grade when she became a mentor protege at Parsons Design Group. Mm -hmm. And this young lady is so bright and so mature that she is beyond her years and everything that you would expect. So this year, Kennedy is now interning with me. She begins on the 31st to intern with me at Millstone Weber, working in the DEI arena. I just say that anybody that heard her name, just watch out for her in a couple of years because you're going to hear from her. She's really special. So while we talk about workforce and people throw all these numbers out and percentages about how many people were short or how much work we need to do, it's one person at a time. One person at a time. And we're always happy to say that we, we've got 15 kids. The first cohort last year, we had six seniors to graduate our program. Four went to work in construction and two went on to college. That's wonderful. Yes. Vivian, while you were up on the stage receiving the award, you also brought someone who was not with Millstone Weber up there. You brought a young man, uh, Kendall's Hauling. Can you tell me a little bit about why he was on the stage with you all? Kendall is our mentor protege. That is a program that MoDOT mandated with the contract. But I can tell you that it's been an experience that has gone way beyond anything that anybody could make us do. Kendall is the ultimate example of potential. Kendall's hauling has been in business at the time that we met with them 15 years and they had done some work with Millstone Weber over the years particularly on Highway 6440 Mm -hmm. but meeting him and finding out more about him it just felt so squeaky clean and and above board I, I was so impressed to be in his presence because you can tell that they're all about excellence since Kendall has been with us, he, was, of course, was working on the I-270 project, but we also have been able to work with him to advance his front and back office acumen. We've been instrumental in working with him to get lines of credit so that he can expand his business. We've been able to assist him with expanding his NAICS codes, where we worked with him, offering him contracts for excavation that go beyond the hauling. Mm-hmm. He's also doing petroleum delivery for us. And we've been able to work with Kendall's to help develop other contract opportunities, particularly with MSD. He was working with Pace on some work there. We've helped him to prepare bids. He worked directly with our estimating and bidding department to prepare bids as part of our mentor-protege program. And he bid second to the largest company that does that kind of work in this area. And he said this is work he would never have gone after had he not had the confidence that he gained from us. We have been one-on-one with him. We meet at least once a month. We examine everything that they're doing. We work with them on financial and banking relations. Right now we are working with him to introduce him to our own banking partners not to give him anything but to give him the introduction for him to move on on his own they have been outstanding in every way and because of the success that we've had mentoring Kendall's I think that was a huge part of us being 
selected for the AGC award. There are a lot of reasons, I think, why we were chosen, but I think that Kendall's and the STEM program are probably the two most important parts of the selection criteria. As I remember, the evaluations that were shared with me, they mentioned our mentorship a number of times, so I'm certain that that played into our selection. So what is the future now? The, the project, obviously, the 270 project has a shelf life. Sooner or later, you're going to open up traffic and have the ribbon cutting, and that's going to be it. So what's the future hold beyond that, Vivian? What, what do you see as challenges for the industry going ahead? Well, I would like to say that the future looks bright for our STEM program and, and for what we're doing at Millstone in general because the successes that we've seen both in meeting and exceeding the goals in workforce and DBE participation, the success that we've seen in mentoring and assisting companies outside the Millstone contract arena has just been phenomenal. And so Millstone Weber, Tom Kuhn, our CEO, has decided that this is going to become a permanent part of our Millstone family fabric. There is going to be an office that's more developed and dedicated to taking this beyond a mandate that a contract would hold us to. This is going to be something that we will do independent of any contract or any mandate. So your role will change to be part of keeping this alive going forward? Keeping it alive going forward. And the challenges, as you asked earlier, the challenges are making certain that everything is intentional that it is not in response to or knee-jerk to a contract requirement or public opinion or the, the climate within the company. It should be just an intentional action that we know that we can make a difference. There's enough to go around for everyone, and everyone is qualified. They just need the training and the exposure. No one came to anything knowing everything. They had to be shown, trained, they had to be trusted. And so that's what we aim to do when we move forward with the program. I am not going to be there through much more than seeing it into birth, but I have every confidence that the commitment that we have from our leadership at Millstone Weber is going to make certain that whoever follows me is going to have the same commitment and passion toward this Our motto at Millstone Weber, you'll see it on our banners on our website, is we make a difference. And that's exactly what we started out with with 270. That's what we're carrying through beyond 270 is making a difference. Well, Vivian, I'm looking forward to the podcast with those two young people on it because it sounds to me like you've got a couple budding superstars there, and I'm sure there are many more in addition to them. There definitely are. The young people that have come through the program remind me of my experience at Construction Prep Center where you meet gems, absolute gems that don't know that they're diamonds. Or if they know they're a gem, they think they're a zircon, they don't know they're a diamond. And then we're able to step in and help to to, you know, facet them and polish them and clean them up in terms of experience and exposure. They are able to meet people that they would probably never have crossed paths with before. And once those people meet them, they know that they 
have met something special, and then it's just off to the races after that. Sure, they talk about a diamond being created by pressure, but it's also created by a lot of cuts and a lot of polishing also. That's exactly true, and that's what we have. Vivian, I can't thank you enough for taking your time today, and I can't congratulate you and the entire Millstone Weber team for this national award. It makes me... And I think everybody at AGC in Missouri very proud to know that one of our own is recognized on the national stage for such a significant award. Diversity and inclusion, excellence requires a lot of hard work, and obviously you and your team have put a lot of hard work into it. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of deep love, too. Thank you, Vivian. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcastAGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.